the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From Studio A, he's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. From Northern California, it's Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And it is Lifeline, Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts on this Thursday evening. Hi there and welcome once again to the program. Good to have you along this evening. I trust our time together will encourage you in your walk and your relationship with Christ. You know, there are times where um, we sit here and we pontificate on what we think we know about politics and social, uh, cultural, weird things that go on around us. And, uh, you know, uh, Craig asked me to fill in for him this week, and my thought was, I'm going to stick close to God's Word. As crazy as life is out there, I think we need some some grounding, a, a sorbet, a spiritual sorbet, if you will. So I have purposed to stay close to God's Word this week. Helping me do that tonight is uh, Cliff McManus. He is the pastor of Creekside. In fact, let me just hang on here. Let me, let me pick up one of his books. And... Uh, just read from the back of it. He is the pastor-teacher of Creekside Bible Church in Cupertino. He is the author of many books, including Christian Living Beyond Belief, Apologetics by the Book, and The Biblically Driven Church. That one fascinates me. I'm going to have to learn more about this one. Also serves as the professor of theology at Cornerstone Bible College and Seminary. Of course, we uh, had Ryan Rippey on as our guest last night. So it is a, a treat to have you on tonight, Cliff. Thank you for joining us. Plus, plus, we've got some amazing news we're going to share with you here in just a little bit as well about Pastor Cliff and Creekside Church and what's going on. So, but anyway, hi, thanks for welcome. Thanks for welcome. Oh, it's oh, Mr. Tongue and Mr. Lips. They, they form words if you use them right. If you don't, it just sounds like blabber. Thanks for being with us tonight, Cliff. It's a joy having you, man. Thank you, Andy. It's my privilege. I was really looking forward to this opportunity. You know, I'm looking forward to it as well. In fact, um, preceding Lifeline here tonight on KFAX was what we call a bonus release of uh, Way of Grace. Or not Way of Grace, but um, yeah, Way of Grace. No, not Way of Grace. Uh, grace to you. There's so many programs out there with grace in it. Grace to you. <laughs> Way of Grace is actually a program that runs south of us in, in, in uh, Los Angeles. Um, Grace to you with Pastor John MacArthur. Uh, there is a bonus release there at um, 4.30, Monday through Friday here on KFAX. They air also in the morning. Well, starting next month, uh, we're going to have a new ministry in there, and that is Creekside Church. Right, Cliff? Yes, we're looking forward to it, um, and it's uh, interesting that it's grace to you with Pastor John MacArthur because 
he was my pastor and a dear friend after many years. That's right. The ministries are fairly close. Uh, you guys uh, share a good relationship. And uh, I, I am glad that we get to uh, place a local ministry that has that same caliber in that slot to continue ministering to the folks here in the greater Bay Area. Uh, and from what I understand, uh, the program is going to be subtly different in a couple of different ways. Can you explain that? Yes, um, with your suggestions and vision, which resonated with my soul, um, we at our local church, we're at Creekside Bible Church, as you mentioned, and the church, it's not just the Cliff McManus show at our church, right? so uh, we've got seven wonderful elders, many gifted people, and we have, I'm not the only Bible teacher there, so um, a couple of my other elders, they preach as well. I'm the main preacher, but they preach as well. And we also have a writing ministry. So I think we have many different opportunities and ways that we can share the Word of God uh, on the radio, um, as opposed to the traditional, just one guy with a old sermon recorded, which is fine. We'll probably have some of our sermons, right. but not just from me, but also from some of our other elders, and mix it up with uh, live interaction, talking about current issues of the day, and primarily what does the Bible have to say about all of these issues. So I think it's going to be multifaceted and many different ways to approach of what the Bible has to say and its bearing on our life. Wonderful. I yeah, I am so excited about that because it, it brings a bit of uh, local life to the radio program, and it allows for greater interaction with with our audience as well, which is really helpful and encouraging. It's, you know, we're, we're not just going to let our listeners hang out there. We're going to try and minister to them as best you can. Um, as you move forward with this, I, I, I really also appreciate, and maybe this is something we can talk about on the other side of the break here as we work ourselves towards our first break of the, the program tonight. Um, it doesn't sound, and, and I, I, for lack of a better term, celebrity ministry. It doesn't sound like this is going to be celebrity driven. And that's by design and by intent, isn't it? Yeah, it is. As I alluded to, that it's not personality driven. Um, and that's, that was purposeful when we, we've actually planted a church about 15 years ago and then we merged with an existing church recently. But our philosophy of ministry has always been, okay, we are, we do one thing, that's the John the Baptist principle, and that is we must decrease and Christ must increase. So we want to be in the shadows and exalt Christ any way that we can, which means we're not going to be uh, promoting our own name or any image or any one personality, but hopefully it's magnifying and showcasing the Word of God and Christ and the work He's done on our behalf. There are, uh, and again, we'll, we'll deal with this on the other side of the break. There are some real dangers to that celebrity or personality driven ministry, as we've seen in the news. Not all that, you know, quite recently, as a matter of fact, with a couple of ministries. And again, we'll talk about that in just a little bit as we work our way towards the end of this first segment, though. Just to give us a thumbnail sketch of Creekside there in Cupertino. Um, should folks decide they wanted to come and visit, uh, spend some time with the fellowship there where are you at what is uh what are 
some of the emphases of the ministry. Uh, you said you guys merged. What's up with Creekside? Yeah, so Creekside Bible Church, it's gone through a few iterations on the name, but started in 19, uh, boy, 19, it's been, it's 67 years old, I'll just say that, maybe 1954. <laughs> From a Bible study, but 67 years, it, and then it soon became the First Baptist Church of Cupertino. It held that name for decades. Then, probably six years ago, they changed the name as they were getting down to a small group of people, 20, 30 people. Um, and they changed the name to Creekside Community Church because they're by a park called Creekside. And then, in God's providence, allowed me to meet the pastor there, and we entered into a church merge, a church plant that I had been leading for 14 years with this church. And so then we came, became Creekside Bible Church about two years ago. And like I said, the church has been faithful since the beginning, faithful to the Word of God, the proclamation of the gospel, uh, the, the purity of doctrine, caring for the people. So it's a wonderful, traditional, local church family, and we would love for folks to come and visit. Right now we're on YouTube. Uh, live streaming still every Sunday, but we're also meeting on the campus. We've got about 200-plus folks now, um, and God's been really faithful and good to us in the last two years of this merge, and He's really rekindled the flame of a a church that was puttering out, and He's brought it back to life, so it's very exciting. Wonderful. And again, uh, for those who are just tuning in, uh, my guest is Cliff McManus. He is the pastor of Creekside Bible Church there in Cupertino. And a new program that will be starting up here on KFAX, 4.30 in the afternoon, Monday through Friday, a, a ministry called With All Wisdom, which is taken actually from the publishing side of what goes on at Creekside. And we'll talk about that as well. Right now, we're going to take our first time out and go check traffic, pay bills, and do all the things things we normally do every 10 minutes during Lifeline, and keep you up to date as far as your commute home. From the KFAX Traffic Center, here's your first look inside of Lifeline. It's your commute. And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline, Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts this week. By the way, tomorrow night is uh, Truth For Today night on KFAX, uh, on Lifeline especially, with Pastor uh, Dr. Phil Howard. Uh, it'll be uh, the Dr. Phil show tomorrow night, 5 to 7, here on Lifeline. Taking your calls and answering questions about God's Word and anything going on in your life. Maybe you're looking for some prayer. It's all going to take place tomorrow night here on Lifeline, again with uh, Pastor Phil Howard. In the meantime, my guest tonight is Pastor Cliff McManus. He is the pastor of Creekside Bible Church in Cupertino, also the host of a brand new show that will be showing up just before Lifeline here on KFAX next month. It's called With All Wisdom. We touched on it just a little bit, Cliff, before the break, and and that's this idea and notion of personality-driven or celebrity-driven church and the dangers of it. Um, I, I, and, and the reason this is top of mind for me is I, it's something I've always been concerned about because I'm within the mix of it all, as they say. But also, I've been... Uh, I've been involved in some failures um, with with friends in ministry. 
it, it is dangerous to go down that personality driven road because it, it does set you, set you up for a fall. I was, I was actually reading and, and the one guy I'm thinking about is Ravi Zacharias uniquely and specifically. Um, I was reading just yesterday on their Facebook page about the fact that originally he didn't want the program or the ministry named after him, but then the leaders or the the board members said, "Well, if we do name it after you, it forces uh, accountability in greater measure on you." Uh, that didn't work so well, did it? Yeah, no, no, that's a dangerous thing. Why is it so important for us to have that plurality, if you will, of leadership and and the uh, the John the Baptist approach, as you mentioned? I must decrease; he must increase. Yeah, the plurality is foundational for us as fallen finite humans because we are innately, inherently, inescapably, even as Christians, self-centered. Hmm. Always wanting, always wanting to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. And all of us as sinners and fallen, we all have blind spots, too, even the best of us as Christians. So in God's wisdom, God's leadership plan has always been by way of a leadership team that's consistent throughout the entire Bible. We see it in the New Testament with the plurality of elders. The Apostle Paul went, and when he went church planting, he, for the most part, if you read the book of Acts, he never went by himself. He always had a team with him, whether it was... Um, Barnabas or Silas and many others that he gathered along the way, and he names them throughout the New Testament. So he was always working as a ministry team, always had that accountability of plurality. When he established a church, he always raised the elders. Uh, the church in Ephesus makes it clear in Acts chapter 20, Paul gathered the elders, plural, of the church of Ephesus. And then when he talked to Timothy and Titus, he told them to, and he really commanded them to Establish elders in every church, in every city. So it was always a plurality of elders, and Paul didn't make that up. That was Jesus' pattern. That's why he trained 12 apostles to plant the first church. And so the first church in Jerusalem was established by a plurality of elders, and the apostles were the foundation of the church. So there's that inherent accountability that comes with a plurality of godly men who can work in unison as a team. And then we see it all throughout the Old Testament. That's how God commanded Moses uh, to, in the book of Exodus, to lead not by himself. He had Aaron, but he also had 70 elders. That's where elders came into the picture in the Old Testament. And from that point on, you see this pattern of a plurality of godly, qualified men leading the people of God and never one individual in isolation. That is dangerous. It is. In fact, you, you see uh, shades of it, especially when, uh, uh, well, for instance, Jude mentions it a little bit in, uh, uh, in his little epistle about uh, the argument between Michael the Archangel and, and Satan over where Moses was buried. You get these guys in the Old Testament that are larger than life, and it tends to trip people up a bit, and and nothing's changed. Like you said, inherently sinfully, we are a proud, selfish people. I mean, it Bible is clear on that. You know, the heart of sin is pride. Um, it, it it's incumbent upon us to maintain that plurality to create that sense of it's not about me; it's about the one we live for. 
right? Absolutely. Um, you mentioned Jude. I was, as you're referring to Jude, I was also thinking of Third John, where uh, the Apostle John is writing that church, and he mentions by name Diotrephes. Yeah. Who was a leader in the church. And it says that Diotrephes loved the preeminence. Hmm. He loved to be the Lone Ranger. And that was destructive to the church. So all of this is to kind of say when, um, with all wisdom, airs here on KFAX 430 in the afternoon, uh, we're going to find a ministry that, uh, while your name is attached to it, others will be attached as well. And like you said, this is not going to be the Cliff McManus show. Uh, prayerfully, hopefully, this is going to be the time to encourage you in Christ show. Amen. <laughs> exactly. That oh. is the goal. I, the First uh, Corinthians 3, you know, Paul laid down and talked to the Corinthians about the personality cult in told them how dangerous it was, where they were being carnal, which means sinful, and they were divided over their favorite Christian superstar. I am of Paul. I am of Apollos. I am of Peter. And Paul condemned that out of hand as carnal, wicked, sinful. And it's interesting that those weren't bad guys. Paul, Apollos, and great, Yeah, good guys. And the... The irony was they weren't even in conflict with each other, but uh, the Christians created these divisive personality cults, pitting one against the other. And that's that's a, an inherent danger and an imminent danger that we have today in our evangelical Christianity. you got this conference by this guy and this personality, and oh, I like him, he's my favorite preacher, he's my favorite pastor, he's my favorite theologian, pitting him against someone else as though they're competing with one another. At the end of the day, Cliff, as you think about this, while there is uh, solid accountability and um, some real serious uh, intentions laid out in Scripture that we are to avoid this, this is why we have elders, this is why there is plurality, at the same time, a lot of this, as you just alluded to, especially at the Church at Corinth, there's something inherent within the congregation that longs for this. I mean, I, I, you almost get the sense that we're already back in uh, Judges and First and Second Kings, where we can't live by faith. We need sight, and we need something tangible like that. How do you get a congregation beyond that, especially when you've got somebody who is really gifted as a preacher or a teacher or an evangelist? How do you work with a congregation to say, whoa, now back up, uh, like Paul, look, don't make it about the man, make it about Jesus? Yeah, this, well, this comes down to sinful human nature, that we are inclined, apart from the grace of God, towards idolatry. That's the bottom line. So. I think that's why the Ten Commandments start out with exposing, diagnosing, and condemning idolatry, because it's so um, so much a part of our sinful fallenness and our nature, inclination towards idolatry. Here in America, we have the American idol, and uh, we see that also in the Church, turning what God intends to be good, whether it's a, a servant or a pastor or a Bible teacher, into an idol, and for whatever reason. We, we grovel at that as in, in our human nature, and we want that, and we want to esteem that. So you even say that in Paul's ministry as he's planning churches, the Book of Acts, and 
he just wants to proclaim Christ and exalt Christ, and he goes in a couple different places, and they fall down and try to worship him. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, it really is a challenge uh, for me. And like you said, because our tendency, we are still in our, you know, there's nothing good in me that is in my flesh. We are still in that position where this stuff, no matter how many guardrails we put up, can still sneak in and blindside anybody. You know, you and I discussed this a couple of weeks ago. Um, Longtime mutual friend of ours, Art Azurdia, another one. And, And I I guess I'll tell you what, Cliff. Let's uh, let's take another time out. When we come back, I want to I want to I want to address how we deal with these guys on the backside. What what is our response, and what should be the Christian response? Can you can fallen pastors be restored? As the one book cover put it, let's talk about that on the other side of this break. Let's take a quick time out. We're off to the KFAX Traffic Center, and I've got another look at your commute. And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts tonight. My guest, Pastor Cliff McManus. He is the pastor of Creekside Bible Church in Cupertino. Also, the host of a brand new program that kicks off next month here on KFAX, a program called With All Wisdom, and it will air 4.30 to 5. So it's the precursor to Lifeline. Yes, I know, if you are a regular listener, you're going, oh, well, what about John MacArthur and and Way of Grace? What's going to happen? Well, you can listen to him earlier in the day here on KFAX. He's got a, a first release earlier in the morning, and then this bonus release release at 4.30, is now going to be occupied by a local ministry, which I love. I prefer local ministry, as I've always said. With some of our great national ministries, as good as they are, you can get a tape and you can get a book, but you can't roll up your sleeves and get involved. Whereas with our local ministries, I am a huge proponent of getting locally involved in local ministry. And that's why I'm excited about Pastor Cliff and the rest of the staff, the the elders and other teaching pastors there at Creekside becoming a part of the KFAX family. So look for them next month, early next month program called With All Wisdom. Cliff, as we left just before the break, we were talking about this whole issue of uh, fallen pastors, past leaders who who find themselves compromised in the faith and in the ministry. I guess my question then, as I mentioned just before we left for the break, how do we view them on the backside of all this? So all of a sudden now Ravi Zacharias is exposed for what he was doing his most of his life. Uh, we also look at, like I said, uh, your friend and mine, Art Azurdia. Um, I, I, um, what was his name uh, from the Biola Hour um, down south? Um, David, David, Hawking. David Hawking. That was another huge blow, you know. And, and I remember back then, you know, um, John MacArthur, your pastor, even said regarding uh, uh, David Hawking, well, you know, he wasn't flying five miles high in the sky and some woman just shot him down. This, by the time it's exposed, has gone on for years. This kind of sin doesn't just show up instantly, kill somebody, and then go away. 
This is something that usually takes place a long time before they are exposed. So with all of that, how do we as a congregation, how do we as believers in Christ look at them, view them? Do we restore them? How far can we restore them? What are we to think of, especially for like Ravi Zacharias, who's gone on to be with the Lord? How do we deal with that? How do we process that as Christians? Yeah, that's a great question and a complicated one, but an important one because it's it's real. These pastors and church leaders we're talking about are high profile, have great exposure, they influence the entire evangelical world. Sometimes they even have more sway and influence over our own local congregations than I do as a local pastor. As they're listening to more YouTube sermons about that pastor than they are me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we've got to um, and then they, when the disappointment comes, the bad news, um, many times there's con- incredible discouragement. Um, it becomes a stumbling block for some many people, many Christians. But I think your point number one, what you said is true, that when there's one of these men or whoever, is, they fall and they're exposed for the first time, we have to remember that's the end of something, not the beginning of something. Right. Just exactly what you were saying, that behind the scenes in their secret private life, which we have no clue, we don't know. We know Ravi Zacharias. I didn't. We didn't know anything about him. Um, so we didn't see the patterns of decisions of compromise that went on literally for decades unchecked. And so the exposure is just the natural consequence and outcome of his decisions over the course of time. That's what Galatians 6 says. You're going to reap what you sow. Um, also, an important thing that we tell our people or have been as they've been asking questions about all these fallen leaders uh, is that we have to take each scenario case by case. They're not all the same. They're all, many of them are very different. Yeah. But you had a Robbie Zacharias. He wasn't a pastor, but. Right. So, so what kind of differences are we talking about here when it comes to a pastor who has been compromised or has fallen? It's not always just pure sexual sin, is it? Right. Exactly. For example, uh, just maybe use three pastors that are well-known. So you had Arta Zerdia, who was a pastor as well as a seminary professor, and his sin was adultery. Then you have James McDonald, a very well-known pastor. Uh, his sin was not of any sexual nature, but um, pride and uh integrity issues on decisions he was making, maybe about money and those kind of things, which is different than adultery. Right. Uh, and then you had Joshua Harris, who was a pastor and took over C.J. Mahaney, and he was not guilty of any kind of sexual immorality, sin, or any issues of integrity. As a matter of fact, he just resigned and declared that he's not a Christian anymore. But that is, indeed, you could put that in the category of a fall of an evangelical, well-known pastor. So there are three well-known respected Christian pastors who have fallen in three different ways. And Joshua Harris today professes he's not a Christian. So uh, answering the question, should they be restored, is different for each case. So Joshua Harris, he doesn't want to be restored. He's not a Christian. Uh, Artaxerdia was involved in what's been publicized as more than one uh, act of adultery. And then James McDonald. Um, you have to look at what were the sins and the details, and that's actually still being investigated and hasn't come out fully, I don't think. So we're just kind of waiting on the record there um, to 
has he has he disqualified himself for life? So the Apostle Paul did say, uh, gave us several warnings, you know, uh, basically don't trust yourself, even if you're a Christian leader. Examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. Take heed lest you fall. So he gave us plenty of warnings. And even Paul said, I could disqualify myself from ministry as a sinner. And he had to guard against his own sin and weaknesses. So if Paul was vulnerable, we're all vulnerable. At what point do we dis, uh, uh, delineate or uh, separate the idea of, well, this sin qualifies me as fallen, this sin doesn't? And, and you just alluded to it a moment ago. Uh, Paul, you, I, we are all still sinful. That in and of itself would technically disqualify us from ministry. So I guess I'm asking what qualifies us and how, in light of the fact that we are still sinful in our flesh. Yeah. Can Christians sin? Absolutely. We do all the time. All of us do. Um, so when it comes to qualifications, that, that's why we have First Timothy 3 and Titus 1 where the Apostle Paul through the Holy Spirit actually lists about 21, 22 very specific qualifications, not to be a Christian, but uh, to be serving in a formal capacity of leadership of an office in the Church, qualified for that office. So a bona fide, born-again Christian pastor can sin, like David Hawking, uh, who admitted to sexual immorality or whatever it was, and initially agreed that he was no longer qualified to serve as the pastor. Doesn't mean he lost his salvation or was never a Christian, because I think he was a Christian. Right. And then I still think he had the gift of teaching. He definitely had the gift of teaching. And over the course of time, um, he was reinstated in different capacities at a lower level of teaching the Bible. Um, so... Yeah, God's God, Yeah, God's gifts and callings are without revocation, right? Right. Yeah. But I think there is a difference when it comes to the the leadership role of pastor, elder in the church because that has 21, 22 different spe- very specific qualifications and as Paul lists those in Timothy and Titus, they're in the present tense, meaning this is the ongoing pattern of your lifestyle. Right. In these 21, 22 different areas and if uh, you compromise on those, then you you can't be a qualified example for your flock. And that's why Paul tells Timothy, who was a pastor, be an example to your flock. That is expected of an elder. It doesn't mean be perfect, but it does mean be mature, be exemplary, be a model, live a life of integrity. Uh, when you sin, in, you have to, in certain areas that don't affect those 21 qualifications, you, you own up to it. You confess it, you seek restoration, you grow from it. So I think when it comes to being disqualified, we've got to first look at the listed, delineated qualifications to be an elder or pastor in the church. All right, I've got one more question, and we'll save it for the other side of the break as we close out our first hour together here, Cliff. Um, and then we'll move on to a, a couple of other issues that I want to deal with while I've got you tonight. In the meantime, we're going to take another quick time out, uh, check traffic, pay bills, and take care of all that good stuff, and come back and continue the conversation with Pastor Cliff McManus, Pastor Creekside Bible Church in Cupertino, also the host of a brand-new program airing in in a couple of weeks here on KFAX called With All Wisdom. You'll be able to hear that radio broadcast 4.30 in the afternoon, Monday through Friday, right before Lifeline. Off to the KFAX Traffic Center now. We've got another look at your commute. 
And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. Lifeline, Andy Froyland, this Thursday evening. Don't forget, tomorrow night is Truth For Today night here on Lifeline, KFAX. Pastor Dr. Phil Howard will be your your guest host for the evening. I get to stick around and kind of moderate, make sure he make sure he stays on track. As you know, those pastors, they can go, they can, they you know, rabbit trails. They're all about, aren't they? I'm just saying. Just, hey, look, it's just you and me. It's just you and me talking right now, right? Your pastor, right? Yeah, rabbit trails. So I'm in to help stay stay the course on his rabbit trails. But that's tomorrow night. Uh, seriously, we we usually have a great time. And I'm glad to be a part of the mix with Pastor Phil Howard tomorrow night here on Lifeline. In the meantime, Pastor Cliff McManus from Creekside Bible Church in Cupertino is our guest this evening. Also the host of a brand new show airing here on KFAX in a couple of weeks called With All Wisdom, 4.30 in the afternoon, Monday through Friday. You don't do rabbit trails, do you, Cliff? Um, no, I do actually. <laughs> I don't. I don't know of a pastor who doesn't. You know, there, I don't know if you heard the story. It always cracks me up. Um, uh, McShane, Robert Murray McShane, was notorious for rabbit trails, and you know the old Presbyterian ministries back in the day in the eighteen hundreds. There, you know, they've got the elders would sit right behind the pulpit, right. Yeah. And the story is told of, of one point where he starts to go down a rabbit trail and then he stops. He says, I, but I digress. Let me get back to my main point to which one of the elders behind him stood up and said, hold ye there, man. Hold ye there. <laughs> it's like he had had, he'd had enough of his rabbit trails. He was just so excited that he was going to get back off and back onto the main track. And that, that one just always cry. Hold ye there. Mm-hmm. I think about that every time my pastor goes down a rabbit trail. I go, oh, come on, mm-hmm. come on, no, stay, stay. <laughs> I, that's got to be one of the, the the banes of all ministers, isn't it? Rabbit trails. You just yes. you get so loaded. You spend the week studying, preparing your message, and you've got this wonderful alliterated three-point message that you're going to be spot on with, and you get up there, and the rest of what you studied throughout the week just starts leaking out, and you can't not go down that rabbit trail, can you? And the challenge for me every week is to get through my introduction. I tell you, man, it, it can, you know, people think, oh, yeah, well, you know, you, you play golf most of the week, sit there for a couple hours, write out a sermon, and that's the life of a pastor. <laughs> no, 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 neighbor Tim, it is not. Um, just before the break, we were talking about this uh, issue of, of fallen ministers, disqualified ministers, and... Uh, I, I I I leaned into it a little bit in the last segment, but I want to go back to it once again before we close out the hour and this issue. You know, Cliff, so many people I listen to, you know, they'll say, oh, well, I don't know how that guy can preach. I, I'm not qualified. We're all sinners. And, uh, you know, so, you know, if he falls, get him back in there and get back up again. You know, you, if you fall off the horse, get back on again. I, you know, we're all sinners. So let him go back at it. It's a little more complicated than that, isn't it, from, from God's perspective? It is. And like I said, there are specific qualifications to be a pastor and elder. And they're delineated and defined in Scripture. And they're actually not impossible qualifications. They're ones that can be met. 
and you're held accountable for that. We have history that proves that, and we can go back throughout history and see some of these men that God used in amazing ways and how they've stayed faithful all these years. Uh, in fact, you know, one of my heroes is Martin Lloyd-Jones, um, faithful to the end. So many guys. I, in fact, you know, I, I, I think about Martin Lloyd-Jones and I think of Beth Ann, who pretty much said, look, God's called Martin to preach. He's called me to keep him there. Uh, that's a bit of wisdom on the pastor's wife part, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. Everybody wants to put all the emphasis and conversation on superstar pastors who have fallen when there's probably more faithful pastors who've been faithful for decades. Um, we even have some that are in our local area. Steve Fernandez, who was a faithful pastor up there in Community Bible Church for 30-plus years. Um, and then there's other high-profile ones. Jay Adams was a faithful man of God for almost 60 years. Uh, on and on it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, uh, in fact, I think of, uh, you know, speaking of the, the spouse, the wife of a pastor, I, uh, um, uh, Charles Stanley, you know, sometimes uh, and I'm amazed that he weathered that and that the ministry weathered through all of that, that uh, but there it does. The old saying is true. It takes two to tango. And there are times when you've got a, a spouse that just isn't willing to play ball, don't you? Yeah. And uh, although we don't know all the details of what happened with Charles Stanley, I mean, there was a Christianity article that came out at that time, and they interviewed Charles Stanley's wife um, to get her perspective. And she did say, quote, virtually a quote, that her husband loved the church more than he loved the family. I mean, that was her perspective at the time. Right. But you have to give it to Charles Stanley in that um, he did commit to not remarrying. He was going to be loyal. Um, and he's, he's held to that for going on how many years now? No, and, uh, you know, there there are a variety of perspectives and a variety of different takes, especially on Stanley and how that all played out. My first thought, my first thought actually went back to Bunyan, you know, willing to go to prison for sake of the, uh, you know, the, the church and for the sake of Christ, leaving his wife and blind daughter. I mean, you know. That's a it's 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 a it's a very lonely road at times, isn't it? This calling of of leadership. It is. Um, Christians are all called to be willing to suffer, or we're promised actually that we will suffer as Christians. And I think if you're going to be a pastor, elder, leader, representative of Christ in that formal capacity in the church, um, that's ratcheted up many levels, and you have to be willing to suffer for Christ in that role. You got a target on your back, uh, starting with Satan going after it. And Jesus promised us in John 7, the world hates me. And then later in the Gospel of John, he said, because the world hates me, they're going to hate you as well. And that is something as ministers we need to be prepared for. And so uh, from, a, from a congregational perspective, from, from uh, uh, Joe or Jane Doe sitting in the pew, that's a good thing to remember, isn't it? I mean, we, we tend to want to put these guys up on a pedestal and make them larger than life. And then when they fall, we're flabbergasted and just taken aback that this, how can this person fall like that? I've, I've held you up in such high esteem. 
And the fact is, um, like you, like me, um, the calling is a lonely calling, a very hard road. Uh, what is it Spurgeon said? Man, if you can find anything else to do, do it, man. Run from this thing. And if if God has indeed called you, there'll be no other door available to you. You'll end up with back at this door and nothing else can, can work, right? Yeah, absolutely. And as, as far as the congregation goes, um, it's a good reminder that your your people have to be reminded deliberately, I think, from Scripture that as pastors, we're not superstars. We all walk with feet of clay. We're weak. We need your prayer. So I'm. our elders routinely are asking our people to be praying for us, praying for wisdom, praying for unity, praying for protection from the attacks of Satan, from our own sin. So they just hear that regularly. As a matter of fact, one of our elders through our ministry with All Wisdom wrote a book and it's called How to Pray for Your Pastor. It's a, it's a wonderful little book. You know, and and we're about ready to take a break and turn a corner here for for hour number two here on Lifeline on KFAX. But that is a is a great way to leave off this segment, Cliff. Um, one of the delights that you are bringing to the table with the, the the radio program with all wisdom is it comes along with this marvelous marvelous publishing company and resources just like that book, How to Pray for Your Pastor. Man, that you know uh, it, it's allowing a greater access to the KFAX family. Some of these amazing resources that are so helpful, and I am that's that's one of the things I'm really excited about is. Our audience gets access now to some of these resources, which I am hoping that that one will be one of the first you guys offer on the radio program is uh, how to pray for your pastor, because that one, you know, there's some amazing books you've got there uh, in the publishing uh, side of the the ministry. But that one is one that is going to be a very practical tome, one that I think a lot of folks will avail themselves of. And I'm excited that you guys are bringing that to the table, along with some good ministry, some good counseling, and some good teaching and preaching on the program with all wisdom. So looking forward to that, man. It's exciting. You, you got any new books coming up that uh, you're going to be adding soon? Is there something in the, in the pipeline? We do. Um, there are actually several underway, and one's going to be on inerrancy, uh, an update on inerrancy, practical. Uh, and then another one coming on uh, just the Old Testament survey as well. So hopefully in the next couple months, we'll see a couple of new ones. Okay. Cool beans, taking a time out. Going to do that uh, top of the hour legal ID thing, pay some bills, check some traffic, take care of some business. We'll come back with our number two of Lifeline. My guest tonight, Pastor Cliff McManus. He is the pastor of Creekside Bible Church in Cupertino and also the host of a brand new radio program starting in a couple of weeks here on K. KFAX with all wisdom, Monday through Friday, 4.30 in the afternoon. All right, hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up in just a moment. Do stick around right now off to the KFAX Traffic Center. We've got another look at your commute. This report is sponsored by LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. 
In San Jose, a car versus motorcycle crash. Eastbound 237 is right before 1st Street. Everything's been moved into the center divide. Traffic slowing from Lafayette Street. Looks like there might be some injuries. Injury crash westbound 92, just past Diggs Canyon Road in Half Moon Bay. Possibly a bicyclist or a motorcycle down. Emergency crews are on the way out there. South San Jose, southbound 101 at Coyote Creek Golf Drive. A two-car crash now moved over to the shoulder. And in Fremont, the South Fremont Boulevard off-ramp from southbound 880. A crash there now cleared. That's traffic. I'm Michael Bennett. Identity thieves love tax forms with personal info needed to steal your identity. That's why LifeLock helps protect, monitor, and restore your identity. No one can monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com. Promo code RISK. Streaming at KFAX.com on our mobile app. Tune in, iHeart, and the Odyssey app. KFAX, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose. Service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Texas health officials say the U.S. government has reported that a Texas woman is hospitalized with possible blood clots associated with Johnson & Johnson's coronavirus vaccine. The announcement by Texas quotes the FDA and CDC as saying the adult woman has symptoms that appear to be consistent with those few other reported cases of a rare blood clotting disorder developed after receiving the J&J vaccine. No other information is being released because of patient privacy and confidentiality. Federal and state agencies have paused the Johnson & Johnson vaccine rollout due to concerns about blood clots. Federal officials already were examining six reports of the unusual clots, including a death out of more than 6.8 million Americans given the one-dose vaccination so far. On Wall Street, the dot on by 321 points. More details at srnnews.com. Hi, this is Vanessa Russell with Love Never Fails. Every Saturday at 3 p.m., we educate you on human trafficking, and we need your financial support. You can help transform and save lives for as little as $1 a month. Sign up online at loveneverfailsus.com and be one of the million ways we solve human trafficking. $1 a month can provide paid internships, thousands of rescues, and housing for survivors and their children. Be one of the million ways to fight human trafficking. Sign up today at loveneverfailsus.com. 2020 had its challenges, but as much as we wanted to put it behind us, it did usher in a new era of historically low mortgage rates. So as you look to take advantage of these mortgage rates for your refinance or purchase, use a locally owned and operated broker with 20 plus years of Bay Area experience. The team at BayAreaLoanSource.com has the experience and technology to help you with your financing needs and make it easy and fast. Plus, we have multiple investors and products that can help tailor the right loan for you including a refinance flexible term loan, which allows you to pick any term from 10 to 30 year. This way you keep on track without adding years. Check out BayAreaLoanSource.com to see if a mortgage refinance or purchase makes sense for you. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Always trust in your faith. Equal housing opportunity lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Rates and programs are subject to change. Classic Home Loans, Lafayette, California, NMLS, number 242483. Our nation's pandemic and subsequent financial crisis has affected hundreds of thousands. Many of those hardest hit are right here in the Bay Area. Many are neighbors, friends, even folks we go to church with. Jobless. Hopeless. 
homeless. Since 1965, the Bay Area Rescue Mission has been caring for the homeless and impoverished, providing food, shelter, and a fresh start for those struggling with addiction or personal economic crisis. Most importantly, the Bay Area Rescue Mission delivers the hope of the gospel message to each and every one they reach. Right now, your gift of just $40 will provide 20 meals. $60 provides 30 meals to families struggling economically and those living on our streets. Your partnership with the Bay Area Rescue Mission helps meet the physical needs of hurting families and the spiritual needs as well. To share your tax-deductible gift of hope today, simply go to bayarearescue.org. That's bayarearescue.org. San Francisco's Salem Surround is hiring experienced digital sales professionals to join our digital sales team. Selling our digital marketing solutions to local and national businesses. Our digital sellers provide collaboration between clients and our fulfillment teams and provide a variety of digital advertising solutions. We pay a base salary plus commissions along with a full benefits package. For more information, please email our general sales manager, Keith Stonefeld at keiths at salemsf.com. And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And again, welcome. Our number two of Lifeline, Andy Froyland, in for Craig Roberts, who is... uh well, I'm thinking by tomorrow he may have figured out how to undo the knot that his hands are uh, uh, bound with that nice little rope. And But then he's got to figure out how to unlock the closet door from inside. Uh, I would imagine if he gets his hands free, he'll be able to take the gag out and he'll probably get some outside help. But I think we've secured him enough that we're, we're good for the week. <laughs> you know, the dirty little secret Craig is also our chief engineer here at the radio station. And, you know, we just to give you an idea of this guy and and uh, just how passionate he is about KFAX, we, we, I'll say, oh, yeah, Craig's on vacation or, you know, we've bound and gagged him in the closet or, you know, the, in reality, he's out working on one of our transmitters. This guy is a nonstop dynamo. So he's either on the air spending time with you uh, on a regular basis here on Lifeline uh, or he is making sure that those transmitters, translators, and towers, and all the lights, and all the currency and electricity are working just fine to keep KFAX on the air. So, um, dirty little, yeah, he'll, he'll probably, you know, slap my wrist with a wet noodle because of that. But, uh, hey, I don't care, man. The guy, the guy does not stop working. He is uh, an incredible dynamo around here. So, uh, in reality, yeah, he's <laughs> working on the transmitter to make sure that you get to hear what you're hearing right now, which is my guest, Pastor Cliff McManus from Creekside Bible Church in Cupertino. And uh, we're turning a corner in our number two. As mentioned, uh, the new program is called With All Wisdom. It, it was real easy to come up with a name for the program because that is the name of the publishing arm of uh, the ministry there at Creekside Bible Church. And uh, so so you guys went with With All Wisdom. Several books 
uh, authored, not just by you, but other staff members. In fact, you mentioned it just before uh, we went to, to our break at the top of the hour, How to Pray for Pastors, which I'm excited to get my hands on, because that is so desperately needed in our day. It It, it has always been desperately needed. Um, but a clear understanding of how to pray for your pastor, I think, is going to be invaluable information and insight and encouragement to anybody who takes their pastor seriously and loves the ministry of and how God is using them. One of the books that has recently come out, and I would imagine the radio program will be dealing with this as well, is what the Bible says about Israel, past, present, and future. And Cliff, this is one of your books. Um, you know, it's interesting that I, I, I go back to uh, love him or hate him, Mr. Trump, our former president, and some of the things he did to encourage the relationship with Israel. And I I was encouraged by that. I I don't know about other folks, but I was encouraged about some of the things he did to work with Israel. Um, What what are your thoughts uh, uh, about our renewed interest through President Trump and uh, Israel and how things are going to play out as things move forward? Yeah, what I think is not necessarily the majority of the opinion in the evangelical world about what to think about Israel. That's why I wrote the book, what the Bible says about Israel. Um, but I still, I still believe Genesis 12 is true and in play, where God made a promise to Abraham and his descendants that he would bless Abraham and Abraham's descendants, and he would protect them and whoever was going to be an enemy of the people of Israel would be God's enemy as well. And he would bless those who bless Israel. So I'm, I'm in the camp that believes that is a, a timeless, transcendent principle that God has committed to throughout history. Now, okay, let's explore this for a minute, because is, is there more than one meaning to that, that, uh, that promise? In other words, you know, you and I both understand and know that, uh, as Paul said in Romans, not all Israel is Israel. Um, is there a spiritual side to that promise as well as physical, or is it physical only, or was it spiritual only when God made that promise to Abraham? Well, I'd have to take you back. Just to clarify the question to be more specific, what do you mean by, I don't understand your Okay, so, your you know, Paul's... Now, well, Paul, well, specifically when you said not all Israel is Israel, what do you mean by that? Well, what what Paul is saying in, in, in Romans, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there is this spiritual Israel, right? Um, you know, we, we share in that inheritance, uh, that Abrahamic covenant, through the grace of, of God in Christ, don't we? Isn't, don't we get included into this now? Uh, I guess what I'm saying is, is what I've always saw was, um, Israel is a foreshadowing of the church, or okay. am I, or am I seeing so, it wrong? Well, you answered my question to help me out there. So in Romans, I'm thinking of Romans two, um, well, other places in Romans as well, and also in Corinthians. So take Romans two for example, where Paul makes that statement um, that you just referenced um, for circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law, therefore if an uncircumcised man keeps... But anyway, basically he makes that statement that 
uh, about a Jew, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is in who is one inwardly. Right. So the question is, well, how do you interpret that passage? Well, if you look at that in context, who's Paul talking to in Romans chapter 2 when he makes that statement and says, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly. Paul's not talking to Gentiles there. He's talking to only Jews. So if you limit it to the context, what he's telling all Jews who think they're spiritual and in with God just because they're part of the Jewish community, they were born of Abraham, they got circumcised, they do all the rituals, therefore I'm in with God. And Paul said, no, it's not about the externals. You have to know God internally, first and foremost, otherwise you're not a real Jew. So he's not even talking to Gentiles there. So that statement of he who is a Jew inwardly is a real Jew, that is a promise made only to Jews, not to Gentiles. So that, that's not a promise to me. So I'm, I'm not a spiritual Jew because I'm a Gentile. So that passage doesn't apply to me at all. Okay. All right. So uh, so then when we go back to Genesis, then, this is just a straightforward promise to Abraham uh, that the, the nation, national Israel, the future state of Israel, uh, that is how this promise applies to a, to a nation, to a country, and to a, to a people group, right? Yes, because I would say when God said that to Abram, to your descendants, Abraham took it literally. Oh, okay, the children born of me. So he wasn't he wasn't thinking of church and Gentiles. It was so in context, Abraham Abraham took it literally and thought it was literal in reference to Israel. Then all throughout the Old Testament, uh, it's interpreted that way from 2100 BC down to the days of Nehemiah 400 BC. That promise made to Abraham for 1200 years was always taken literally by all the Old Testament saints. And um, that carries over into the New Testament. Even Jesus, in the four Gospels, the word Jew always means Jew. It's never spiritualized in the four Gospels. Um, The word Israel in the four Gospels during the ministry of Jesus is always literal Israel, never spiritualized or reinterpreted to apply to the Church. And then that's why Paul in Romans 9 through 11 says, hey, yeah, you know, Israel took a turn. Uh, The majority abandoned the Messiah. Has God forsaken his people and all the promises he made in the Old Testament? Paul says, absolutely not. The promises made to Israel, God's elect, are irrevocable, and they are in a temporary, partial partial state of hardening, and they're going to come out of this in the future. There's a future for Israel. I would say that's Paul's argument in Romans 9 through 11. Yeah, this is good stuff. We're, we're, we're being schooled, folks. I love it. We've got a professor in the house, which, by the way, we're going to talk about in just a little bit, just exactly Cliff's role at Cornerstone uh, Bible College and Seminary there in Vallejo. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break and continue our conversation about uh, Cliff's new book, What the Bible Says About Israel, Past, Present, and Future. We have to take a quick time out. When we come back, conversation continues. This is Lifeline. Off to the KFAX Traffic Center for a look at your commute. 